0: everybody. We are Joe and Rachel Tenney. We're friends with Kevin, and he's kindly given us a chance to share with you what we are doing with our podcast, Control-Free Christianity. Sometimes good and beautiful things like the Bible, church, even teachings about God himself are misused. People can use these things of God to control, manipulate, and abuse others. What should bring freedom in life end up bringing bondage. How do we work through things like spiritual abuse, narcissism in the church, and overbearing authority? Join Rachel and I as we podcast most weeks, as we share what has brought us and so many other people freedom in Jesus. We would love to have you join us. You can find us by searching for Control Freak Christianity on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform, or you can head to controlfreakchristianity.com. See you there. You're listening to the serialized preview of The Many Phases of Lily Andrews, Phase 4, Artificial, written and read by Kevin Morris. To unlock the full ad-free version of this audiobook as it airs, head over and support the project on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Andrews. That's lily spelled L-I-L-Y. If you haven't yet listened to the original three short stories, Phases 1 through 3, they are available on Audible. The link is in the show notes. To learn more, visit the many phases of lilyandrews.com. Thanks for listening. Part Two He's Not As Fast As Before Chapter Seven Different Lily squinted hard to make sure what she was witnessing was not a trick of the light. If it had been anyone else staring at the scene, they would likely still not believe their eyes. Maybe it was her regular experiences with the extraordinary that helped her come to terms with the situation so quickly. There was also the chance that wishful thinking played a part in it. Could it really be true? Was she really not the only one who was special after all? No matter what thoughts crossed her mind, there was no denying that the boy was different. Much like a deserving joke provokes a hearty laugh, Lily could not control her physical reaction to the sight she beheld. She let out a gasp. Whether it was from shock or excitement was unknown to her. However, one thing became clear promptly after the sound escaped her mouth. she had forgotten that the units were off, which meant that their droning no longer masked outside noise. The boy went stiff, slowly turning his head in her direction in such a rigid manner that the motion almost seemed robotic. Her heart skipped a beat. She had been spotted. Though part of her wanted to flee the scene, she decided that confronting the boy was the best course of action. He already knew she was there, after all. Might as well come clean. Stepping out into the entrance of the passageway, Lily greeted the boy. Hey, sorry I was spying on you. My name's Lily. She tried to pump as much friendliness into her tone as possible. Sadly, her efforts were wasted. Instead of a reply, the strange kid hopped off the air conditioner and tore down the alleyway. He was definitely not pleased to make her acquaintance. Wait, I just want to talk. There was a burning in her chest as her desire to pursue the boy spurred her body into motion. Luckily for her, the passage was a dead end. In his haste, the boy had most likely forgotten this. Or maybe he just did not know. Regardless, he would have to deal with her at some point, whether he wanted to or not. He stood frozen at the end of the breezeway, his back literally against the wall. Lily halted at a cautious distance from him. "'Hey, I'm sorry,' she started again, attempting diplomacy. "'I didn't mean to scare you. Let me go,' the boy interrupted, finding his voice. "'I want to leave.' Hold on, please. I just want to talk to you. I don't want to talk. Move. She was losing him. She felt nervous, almost like she was in the presence of a celebrity. But this was not an opportunity that could be wasted. The boy continued to stand his ground, gripping his old bandages in his right hand. Maybe he planned to rewrap his leg and go on pretending to be hurt. But I saw your leg heal. Lily tried a more direct approach. I bet you're the reason the power's been going out. She had pieced this much together the moment it had become clear that the boy's actions had been the direct cause of the cooling unit's sudden shutdown. You're different, and I... Get out of my way, the boy shouted, rushing her. He seemed to have a disposition towards running away. Perhaps she had not chosen the best words. As he approached, Lily knew she could not physically stop him. He would get away. And at the last second, rather than let herself be knocked down, she sidestepped. As he pushed past her, Lily caught a whiff of something that smelled like a campfire. Then, three paces up the alley, the boy abruptly froze, caught off guard by something. In the stillness, she could hear the patter of what sounded like liquid dripping onto the ground. Both kids' gazes went to his feet, where a small puddle of a foggy white substance pooled in the dirt. Lily, seeing that she could neither reason with her opponent nor stand up to him in strength, had taken a risk. The milky fluid that now held both of their attention was what had become of the boy's bandages. The kid turned sluggishly to face her, the white liquid dripping from his now open hand. There was a moment of silence as a look of understanding passed between them. How did you do that? The boy finally spoke up, his breath gone. Lily considered her words this time. I was trying to tell you, I'm different too. You can trust me. You melted it. The boy fumbled with his words. He could not seem to focus on the bigger picture yet. Do you have heat vision? Is it hot? She asked, already knowing the answer. No, I guess that's not it. Luckily for him, about a year ago, Lily had gotten a grasp on controlling the temperature of the things she transformed. This had all come down to belief that making this adjustment was no more impossible than changing the phase of something in the first place. Things still heated up when they melted, but the transition was so instantaneous that it would not burn someone. How did you do it then? The boy asked after thinking for a moment and coming up empty. It's hard to explain, Lily said, growing frustrated with his inability to move past the mechanics of her gift. Before she got another word out, three of the five cooling units spun up and resumed their deafening drones. She motioned hard towards the exit of the passageway, where they might continue the discussion. This was the moment of truth. She hoped she had piqued the boy's curiosity enough to keep him from taking this opportunity to bail. He reached the open air before her, but instead of fleeing, as Lily feared, he waited for her to catch up. I guess you didn't break them then, she said once she could hear her own thoughts again. They both knew she was referring to the cooling units. That's not how it works, the boy said, suddenly laid back for the first time since their encounter began. Perhaps the blast of noise had snapped him out of whatever state of mind he had been in. I'm sorry I scared you. Lily hoped he might receive her olive branch now that he had calmed down. You didn't scare me. I was just trying to be careful is all. She realized she had wounded his pride with her wording. She needed to be more careful herself. They were not best buddies yet. I know what you mean, she empathized. I almost never use my gift at school. I'm too afraid someone will see me. I have to use mine to get through the day. What do you mean? The boy hesitated before giving an answer. It seemed as if he was deciding how much to tell the curious stranger. When he finally continued, Lily knew her gamble to gain his trust had paid off. She knew his secret, but he now knew hers too. That meant if she went off and told someone what he could do, he would be able to retaliate. That was, if anyone would believe either of them anyway. If I don't get energy from somewhere, I'll fall asleep in class and get in trouble. This explained the perfect timing of the power sputtering in science class that day when the boy had been dismissed to splash water on his face. A million questions swirled in Lily's head, but she found herself asking the one that William would, were he present. So you suck power from machines and stuff? Yeah, the boy said, offering no other details. And you can use electricity to heal yourself? Uh Uh-huh. Wow, Lily gawked. That's amazing. I wish I could heal anytime I hurt myself. It's cool, but it takes a lot more power than usual. That's why I came back here where all the air conditioners are. What do you mean, more than usual? Lily tilted her head. Usually, I just take enough power to wake myself up. Restlessness had slipped into the boy's voice. She knew he was growing tired of being the interviewee. Okay, now tell me about what you can do. It was her turn. This would be the first time she'd explained what she could do since the night William fell through the ice. However, she had not even scratched the surface of her capability then. She found herself nervous. I can change the phase of things. This warranted a confused look. She'd forgotten that this was the boy who struggled to stay awake during science. You know, phase, solid, liquid, gas. You mean you can change anything into any form? Sure, let's go with that, Lily granted. That's how I turned your bandages into liquid. Sorry about that, by the way. I just needed you to stop somehow. It worked, the boy admitted, not seeming too concerned about that. He suddenly started glancing around. When he was convinced that the coast was clear, he bent down and plucked a single blade of grass. So you're saying that you can turn this grass into a gas? Yes, Lily replied, loosening up. This was going to be just like William when he first learned. He would want to see her exercise her ability over and over again on all sorts of things. Can you show me? He said eagerly. I told you, I don't like doing it at school. Come on, just this once. Nobody's watching. Lily rolled her eyes but smiled. This was all too familiar. Perhaps the boy was not as standoffish as she had been led to believe. Okay, she finally relented. He extended his arm to hand her the blade of grass, possibly thinking she would require physical contact to perform the trick. Maybe that was because he did. But before it reached her, the grass gracefully dissolved from the top down, the vapor whisked into the surrounding air like a dandelion. The boy halted and stared, mouth open in amazement. The sound of the school bell echoed throughout the playground. Lily watched the boy's expression fall. Would you want to talk some more tomorrow at recess, he suggested. It'd be hard to get any privacy. I doubt my friends will let me sneak off again. And if I tell them I want to talk to you alone, they'll get nosy. The boy thought a moment, pressed for time. Do you ride the bus? No, mom picks me up. Oh, okay he said, his voice falling with his expression. Would your parents let you stay at school for an extra 30 minutes? Lily inquired, hatching a plan. I could be gone until dark and mom wouldn't mind, he replied. Cool, I'll ask my mom if it's okay. All right, then. As the two began making their way towards the building's entrance, he suddenly paused and faced her again. By the way, my name's Aiden. That night was perhaps the slowest evening of Lily's life. She had discovered someone else with special talents, just in time to have to wait an entire day to talk with them again. Her friends, of course, had interrogated her about where she had gone for the remainder of recess. She had told them that she went to check on the boy that was injured on the track the day before, to see if he was feeling okay. She then reported he was doing much better. This was basically true. She had ventured off to assess Aiden's health, and most would consider a complete recovery to be doing much better, even if it had miraculously happened in only one day. This still boggled her. Her mother had not objected to her staying after school for a half hour more. After all, it meant more time to finish up errands for the day. Lily had been honest and told her she wanted to stay to get to know a new friend she did not see much at school. She was told she could have Aiden over that night if she wanted, but she politely declined. She did not know him well enough to be comfortable bringing him home. As she lay in bed, willing herself to sleep, she realized how good it felt to have finally told someone else her secret. This made her think of Emmy, adding a sour note to the music in her head. She had managed to confide in a total stranger. Granted, the prospect of knowing someone like him was too good to pass up, but why, she wondered, was it so hard for her to do the same with her best friend? Thanks for listening to today's episode. Did you know that the many faces of Lily Andrews has companion music? There's an 8 song collection called The Apristi EP, written by Kevin Morse, available now on Spotify or wherever you get your music. I tried to write the lyrics in a way that won't spoil the plot, so feel free to listen in any order you like. But my hope is that the songs will mean more after hearing the story. A link to that is available in the show notes. Until next time.